Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, official logistics company of Miami Athletics. face on the other side of this behind you podcast because I think I spent all four years with this man traveling on the road selling out the Bank United Center going to the ACC tournament winning the ACC tournament going to the tournament Duran Scott is joining us on the podcast what is up <laughs> everything's good man I appreciate you having me today it's, it's a pleasure oh, you know just uh just trying to tackle these uh these obstacles I'm just happy to have you have me here today thank you man well, Duran, I got to say, you know, obviously I, I remember all most everything of your career and the journey and it peaked with with that epic senior season. But still, there were moments as we, I was preparing and capturing pictures and videos and just, you know, stuff that it, it brought it back and everything was just it was just a feel good. Duran, it was just a feel good that your senior year, the 12, 13 season was so momentous. I just want to know for you, like, how much do you think about that season? All the time. Like, that that's what it's about. Like, we put in all that grind that everybody who's a part of that season can, 10 years down the line, talk about it and still get the same goosebumps they got the day of. You know what I mean? That, that's why we put in those practice hours each and every day. And, and you know, we, we follow Coach L's instructions and... You know, we had a plan and we followed it to the T. And I always tell my teammates, I feel like we're champions. I feel like we won. You know what I mean? Um, getting to number two in the nation, I think that that was something prolific. And I think that was something nobody could take away from us. So that moment, oh my, it was just it was so surreal that I don't think there's a month that going between me talking about that story over, over and over. Well, we're going to soak it in, Duran. And before I ask you my next question, I just got to set this up real quick. You're actually in Miami. Tell me or tell everybody else, where are you doing this from? <laughs> I'm actually, yeah, I'm in Miami. I'm actually uh, by Red Rooster right now. You know, I'm, I'm over here having a couple of meetings with a, a couple of buddies of mine. Um, so things are going well. We're enjoying ourselves. And I'm just happy to be back. I'm here for a couple of days. So happy to have you. In today, but you're out tomorrow because the business never stops. Never stops. Back out to Georgia tomorrow. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get, we'll get into what you're doing in a little bit. But uh, like I said, we got to start with the good stuff. No problem. Do you, are you still connected to the team? Like, do you still talk to the guys? Yeah, all day. I, uh, even the coaching staff, you know, Coach L, Coach Caputo, Fish, every now and then. You know, I still try to connect it to as much guys as possible. Uh, we all have a group chat that we talk daily. Yesterday, uh, my team, International Grind, actually played in Miami Pro. Adrian Thomas came by, showed some love. Uh, on the team, we had Zach that played. So, you know, we're always connected. We're, we're, it's a family. And, you know, we, we share some times together that, you know, that we never could forget. So it's, it's, a, never, it's a never ending train. Is it possible? I know winning the regular season, winning the ACC tournament, going to the tournament, those are the big things, right? We'll tackle those. But is there, is there a moment that stands out in your, like, can you, if you had to pick one, could you pick one that just is at, at the top of the list? A lot of times I was always considered, you know, the leader of the team. Every time I was always asked that question, I was always say I wasn't the only leader on that team. I might have been the only notable one, but without the help of guys like Julian Gamble, Trey McKinney-Jones, Shane Larkin, Ryan Brown, 
I consider them all leaders. And for me, when, we, when I'm talking about this, it's to, to pinpoint one of the you know most fantastic times of my life at, at University of Miami. I remember we was in the ACC tournament and we were playing against NC, uh, NC State. I think they went on a bit of a run and uh, it was a moment, I can't remember the exact play, but we did get a positive play out of it. And we were getting back on defense and I don't know why, but I just yelled at the top of my lungs to the point, I think I passed out for like 0.1 seconds, like running down the court. Like that's how loud I really gave, you know, I gave into the, my speech telling these guys that we had to pick it up on the defensive end. And just the reaction I got from those guys and how they reciprocated and how they, how they took it from me, they basically gave me a chance to be a leader. And that stood out for me. When they all listened and, you know, buckled down and said, you know what, he, what he's saying is the truth. And we're going to allow him to take us where we need, where we need to go. Um, and that was kind of the day where I really, truly know that, you know, these guys are doing it for us and not just themselves. And that moment always stuck out for me because obviously we were ACC uh, tournament champs. You know, Miami basketball is kind of the outlier of the ACC. You know what I mean? You ran into that every year, right? Like it's Carolina, it's Duke, it's it's State, it's Wake Forest. Like we were like the, who are you guys type of thing. Like, I don't think we was even ranked that year. Yeah, probably not to start. But my question is to win the ACC tournament and beat State and Carolina to do it and to do it in Greensboro. That was sweet. That was amazing. Those are moments you can't, you can't, like you look back and just say, wow, you know, you, you have one of the greatest coaches on the other sideline, like people you look up to, like this is you know, school Michael Jordan played for, you know, it's just so many things that's going through your body uh, and going through your mind at that point. It's just, it's just playing with those guys that the names that I mentioned earlier, you know, we just made it easy for one another. You know, we were really just out there just flowing, just having fun. It was like literally the best time of my life in, you know, on a basketball team. And I always tell these guys, I really enjoy that, you know, and they, they made, those four years of my life really enjoyable. I really appreciate it. I'm sure you don't remember this because so much happened after the game, but you just mentioned the NC State game and that yell and scream and passing out and the emotion. So I remember after the game, you know, it was a big celebration on the court. I dropped my headphones and, and we had a microphone set up and I actually got onto the court with you guys in this, in this celebration. And I mean, everyone's hugging and screaming and laughing. You're cutting the nets, but I actually, I got to you. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. I'm going to bring that up. Go ahead. Okay, so I got to you, and, and, and what I remember is the emotion, because you broke down, and, and, and you were just overcome, I think, with so much joy and relief and the tears, and you couldn't even speak for a minute or two. Like, you really had to get yourself together, and I just remembered to myself, it was touching for me, but it also showed me just what that meant. I'm sure you remember it. I remember it to a T. Yes, I definitely do. I don't think it was seven. I don't think it was one or two minutes. I think it was several minutes. I couldn't just speak. I was just like just hysterically crying. Like it was just, I don't know. It was just a, it's just a surreal moment because I would tell people it just feels so much better when you're doing with with someone and you're doing with the group of guys that you love, that you genuinely love, like you generally want to see good for them. And, you know, to finally accomplish a goal of ours that was a goal from since I got there, but then uh, obviously a goal at the beginning of the season and we like accomplish it and it's like, okay, let's get to the next task. It was great. You know what I mean? It was amazing for me. Is that is that like you though? I don't feel like that was like you. I think that's also what made it more special, honestly. It was like, to be honest, I'll put it out there actually too, you know. Uh, a lot of guys, the way I play, and it's, it's funny because I used to go to like, uh, after my fourth year at University of Miami, I used to go to NBA workouts and a lot of trainers, uh, a lot of these uh, coaches say, you don't sound like how you play. And I said, hmm? So, how I play, I guess, is so aggressive, so mean that I come off 
you know, the different demeanor that people don't know. I'm really an emotional guy. You know what I mean? I, I really love my guys and just always want to just be a part of that special moment. So I think people see my game and think uh, have a different outlook of me and think I'm a really mean guy, but I'm not. I'm really, you know, I got my arms open. I want to give you a hug like a teddy bear. You know what I mean? Um, and I just want to see everybody do good. It's just as I want to see uh, my brothers. So that's just how I am. What was it like? Because I thought what was pretty cool, even though it didn't happen in the tournament, I thought like we all got a taste of what it's like to be like at the final four at the tournament, like winning the ACC, the celebration. You know, you get to cut down the net. You get to go up on the ladder, right, and cut down the net. Like you got to experience what is so great about college basketball. What was that moment like? It was wild. You know what I mean? That was the one in, no, actually that was my second time cutting down the net, but at a collegiate level, just being a part of that moment was crazy. You know what I mean? It's, it's something that you, it's, you don't see that every day at all. You know, that's moments I watch on TV. I'm watching the North Carolinas, the Dukes, the, the Syracuse, the, you know, the Kansas. I'm watching these guys, you know, cut down these nets. You know, even a friend of mine, Kimba Walker, watching them cut down these nets, you know? So to finally have my moment, not, I'm going to say my moment, our moment at University of Miami, because it's probably been a while. <laughs> At that time, it, it was great, you know what I mean? And we wanted to stay on that ladder and stay up there as long as we possibly could, <laughs> honestly. I didn't get to sniff, I didn't get to cut your net, but they did let me go to the other side and cut a little piece off, so. That's dope, you still got it? Yeah, I don't know where, I'm for, I'm stupid. I don't know, I don't know what happened oh, to it. Oh, got mine. That's, that's, <laughs> you know, you got yours? Yeah, I still got mine. Oh, <laughs> uh, where is it? I might have to cut a little piece for you, brother. <laughs> Appreciate it. Where, where, uh, where you got it? Uh, in New York, in my in my, um, my family home, we have a little basement with all my trophies and shrines and stuff, you know, throughout my career. So I still got it there. That's a bad play by me. That's a really bad play by me. Yeah, um, yeah I apologize. Yeah. I have Coach L and Joe Z and the rest of the team. I feel like it's disrespectful. I apologize. So you just mentioned it before, right? You didn't think you were ranked going into that season. So I think you were in the NIT the year before as a junior. You came back with a veteran team. I think Julian came back for his sixth year. Shane was in his second year. Kenny Kaji was there. What did you guys think that year was going to be like before it took? And I think at the early part of that year, there's some bad losses there, weren't there? Mm, it definitely was. Going to see to my seat. Mm, no, I wouldn't say it was some bad losses. We lost to. Did you lose the Florida Gulf Coast? I want to say yes. I want to say we lost. To, we took one bad loss. I want to say we took one bad loss, and then we lost once in the Hawaii tournament. You lost twice, actually. Or twice. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, so I think after that whole, whole Hawaii tournament is kind of where we snapped and they kind of got it together. But we always knew we were very talented. We did know that. And we knew we had a, a wonderful leader in Coach L and, and staff as well. But I felt like we just had to get some early experiences, like experience that loss, you know, those bad losses and a huge loss in the, in the Hawaii tournament to understand what it's going to take for the rest of the to understand what we're going to face the rest of the season. I think at that time we were considered those good losses. Uh, as you can see, what it kind of transitioned to. So when did you, you start ACC play and it's just like bonkers, right? I mean, it's like one after the other. And next thing you know, you're 13 and 0 and you're top of the conference. You haven't lost the game. People are talking about running the table. So like, at what point in that run did you guys say to yourself, dude, this is going to be, this is, this is going to be real. This is like a, ser we are, we, we got something serious going on here. I think it was just a surreal moment. I don't think nobody like really got a time to like take a deep breath and just take it all in. Honestly, like we were just all just enjoying the moment and we were just all happy for one another. Like literally was not no egos on the team. And did you never talk? Did you know, like when you got to 13 and 0, did you guys ever talk about we could run the table? Yeah, I think it got to a point right before we got ranked yeah, at number two. 
that's when we were like, oh man, like now nah, we, we like we we're gonna take this over, you know what I mean? And we kind of, you know, kind of amped it up. And I think at that point, everybody understood how talented we were together and individually. And we used that to our advantage, you know, as, as well as our, our, our age as well, too. You know, we had a lot of upperclassmen, you know what I mean? But we definitely had a, lo uh, a lot of, uh, you know, lower classmen, especially like Shane, that really, you know, excelled and helped us a lot. You know, without players like him, we definitely wouldn't be in the position he was. How about what he's doing now? Is what, he, what he's going to continue doing, you know what I mean? The sky's the limit for this guy. You know what I mean? I, I, I praise about this guy every single day. You know what I mean? And I'm just so proud of him. He just continued just cutting down more nets, uh, winning more championships, proving more people wrong. Like, a lot of people don't understand the situation and the place that Shane came from. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't highly ranked. He didn't have the biggest schools. You know what I mean? Um, he was kind of overlooked. You know what I mean? And for Coach L to kind of give him a chance, I was just so happy for him to bring him in and alongside to play alongside me. Not only to teach him, but to learn from him as well because he was one of the toughest guards to go up against practice. You know what I mean? You got you got your Ryan Browns. You got your Trey McKinney. You got your, you got your Ryan Ah, shooters. They were shooters, but they were shooters. Strong shooters, but, you know, Shane was, he's a special individual. Like, before he puts the basketball on the floor in a hoop, he's such an athlete from even different aspects that, you know, people can't, they just can't handle. They can't match, you know what I mean? So Two things about Shane. How we feel about the hair, though? We good with the hair? I don't know, man. I don't know about that one. It's a little bit slick back. I don't know about that one. <laughs> the little Lionel Richie action he's got going on. It might be the little Miami in him. <laughs> yeah, it might be, yeah, that little that little Calle Ocho in him. You know what I'm saying? But he's like a legit, like, international legend right now, right, in Turkey? Like, he's like a big-time baller. He is. We got, and I, I try to tell these guys to understand, we got to give him his flowers now. Give him his flowers now because he, he's just a great individual on and off the court. I'm not sure if anybody's seen this GQ magazine that he's just featured in, like, that's off the chain. Like, that's not opportunity that comes by every day. You know what I mean? And just to see, like, my, one of my brothers that have opportunity to do that is, like, it's like another, it's, it's making me happy. It felt like I succeeded, you know what I mean? Um, it's just like another championship we just won, you know what I mean? So I'm just happy for him. You know what I mean? I want him to continue knocking on these barriers. Before we get into the game, what do you remember about everything leading up to the Duke game at home? Butterflies. A little bit nervous, not going to lie to you. Was a little bit nervous individually, but I knew that... Uh, we were well prepared. I knew we definitely had a chance, especially at home. We had some special invites, some special people that was going to be in the building. So I knew that kind of amplified uh, the guys in the locker room. Right before we got there to warm up and kind of see the audience and see the atmosphere, I think it, that kind of helped us. You know what I mean? And what a lot of people don't know is you should give a lot of credit to Coach Hell because this is a guy that was literally blood, sweat, and tears walking around campus encouraging students and fans and people to come to these games. You know what I mean? To have these sold-out games. And I think that, you know, his effort to do that made our fans and school members feel so much part, so much more a part of the win. And it was just a surreal moment. They were camping out. How was that walking in, seeing everybody there? We left shoot around in the morning because I think I had got some extra shots up. We were leaving uh, shoot around and people were literally out there lined up. I'm like, I'm about to head to the dorms to get a nap and you're already here at the, for the game? Like, wow. Like, I've never been a part of something like that. That was, that was you know, amazing. You know what I mean? All right. So that was like an epic kicking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, that's a rub it in. Epic. <laughs> when did you know it was out of hand? Like, when did you know, like, we just ran them out of the building? It was definitely some key moments, but I remember when we all signified together to make that member Ramoa slapping the floor simultaneously. And I knew how I felt. And if I could only imagine how my teammates, other four players on the side of me doing the same thing, the adrenaline, the goosebumps that went through my body, it felt like we were unstoppable at that point. It just felt like I was the Hulk. Like, yeah, it's over at this. We just became like the Monstars, like immediately, you know what I mean? And 
And so, you know, after that point, we're throwing oops off the backboard. We're doing all types of stuff. You know what I mean? So it's, you got LeBron jumping up, Dwayne Wade jumping. It's, it's just crazy. You know what I mean? So it was, it was a dope experience. So part of, like I said, in my research, just going back, you start going down memory lane with different pictures and stuff. And there's a picture of you. It's after the game. You are literally smobbed by all the students and the fans. You're waving a towel. You got a monster smile on your face. And I, like I'm watching, I'm looking at that now, almost 10 years later, last night, and I'm smiling ear to ear. Like that had to be just like, it's what you do this for, right? Like that's what you play for. Yes, yes, yes. Growing up watching college basketball, I always see these moments. I was like, oh my God, like I'm so happy for that person. Like I wonder if I ever put my feet in his shoes. Like can I experience that moment and then to finally have a chance to do that? And, and I was actually nervous. The guy, I remember the fans, the guys like, Get up, get up, we want to put you up. I'm like, no, no, they're like, no, get up. And they're like, and they're first like, get him up, get him up. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it was such a great moment, man. I never forget that moment, man. And then you got then you got Shane and, and, and Kenny on top of the uh the <laughs> That's right by us. That was right by <laughs> it us. It was unreal. And Durant, man, it wasn't just Duke. I mean, you guys were smoking everybody. As a team, have you played on a team ever more kind of locked in than that? I would say, I, yeah, I was fortunate enough at Rice High School. We had a lot of prolific players. But at that level, at the collegiate level, I will say in moments like that, no, it's nothing like that. No, not at all. Not even close. You know what I mean? You know, high school is high school, but, you know, college is, is way more different. It's at a higher scale. You know, it's nationally known. So nothing compares to that at all. You know, that moment is one of, a, one, of, one of one, for sure. So the Carolina game, like, where were you when Shane threw the oop to Kenny? You in the game? Yes, I was on the game. I was going to say I was on the left wing in the backcourt when he threw that if i remember correctly i, I don't quote me on that <laughs> when you saw it whether from the bench or the court you were just, you had to just be like all smiles it was crazy i couldn't believe he actually did that to throw it off the backboard i was like wow you know what i mean that was a dope moment just like just sealed the envelope you know what i mean like okay you take this loss and go home <laughs> so did you guys take more pride in beating them than anyone i mean it's like kind of like miami beating florida state in football you must have taken Intense pride. I think you took down Carolina twice, Duke once, and you played Duke to like the, the end at Cameron to end the year. Like beating them special. Yeah, most definitely. I think we might have got them once in my rookie season, my sophomore season. But other than that, we never really got the North Carolinas and the Duke. So to kind of get them, you know, in moments like that, it's, it's wonderful. You know, we're, we're on the top of our game. We're, we're all Mount Everest, you know, feeling ourselves. Like that's the time we. We want to get it and show them that, you know, university is, is, is a school that, you know, can produce some some great talent. You know what I mean? And we're back on the map. As Coach L, I think, shown uh, in the previous years as well. Between those games, you know, run, going 13-0, and 0, beating teams by 20-plus, was there something that happened from, like, maybe a media standpoint or on-campus standpoint that you were like, yep, we've arrived. It's happening. Like, this is it. This is, like, how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to feel. I got this. Every time we'll come back from a road trip with a W. It was our senior year, like, to see our fans, student body at the gym waiting for us, like, every night. It was it was surreal, you know what I mean? And I was like, where were you guys my first three seasons? My first three years, like, after every game, we've never seen you guys. Like, <laughs> but it was dope, you know what I mean? And, and you know, moments like that just, you know, showed us, like, okay, yeah, like, we those boys, we the bad boys. You know, every time we woke up the bus, you know, we just feeling ourselves. So it was dope, you know what I mean? Honestly, I think it was well-deserved. You know, we say this humbly as possible because those guys, we worked for it. You know what I mean? Every day in practice, being there six in the morning, getting there early, five o'clock in the morning. Bro, how'd you do that? How'd you do get there? If I know you like to sleep, bro. That must have been hard. Like I told you, it wasn't me, man. We held each other accountable and I was not the only leader. There were times that I had to, I slacked. And then I would have a Julian or 
uh, or Ryan, or even a Shane Larkin, who, who's younger than us, who would step up and, and show that leadership, you know, make sure I'm on time or I'm there doing my job and things of that nature. So that's why we were just a, a well-knitted team that was just, we had a whole team of leaders, honestly. <laughs> All right, so you said the Wake Forest game might have been, a, or the losses earlier in the season might have been a good thing. But after you, you stumbled at Wake Forest, and then you lose three out of four. So was there any panic? Was there any, the shines off? Or you guys kind of, you guys wrote it out okay? No, but I think I give that all credit to Coach L because he made sure we didn't veer in that direction. He made sure the light always shined bright and we, you know, the future was always bright for us. And, and we just continue working and listen to exactly what he said. Um, we're going to get the results that we want. And it showed, you know, uh, step by step. And that's what we did. You know what I mean? And that's what all team does. You know, you have a leader. You have a captain uh, who runs the ship and just kind of uh, who's been through this experience, been through these moments before. You know, Coach L, he's well experienced. So why not listen to him? You know what I mean? And if, you're, if your leaders is listen to him, so, you know, your younger classmates are only going to fall in line. So it was very easy to transition into the success that we did. And then you finally beat Clemson last game of the regular season. That was the celebration before the tournament. And to me, that one was another taste of what it's like, because I think there was confetti shooting down. The president Shalala was on the court. I think you cut down the rims again. I mean, that was another amazing time. Yeah, we finished the uh, season, uh, regular season champs. Like, that was very good for us, you know, especially heading into the ACC tournament with that momentum. That was, you know, surreal. Um, we always never took each moment for granted at all, you know what I mean? And we, we enjoyed each moment. I would say we were very happy at that moment, but I think we were also just so much focused on what's ahead, honestly. And once again, I give that credit to Coach L because he didn't want us to get on the hire too fast. Um, what is known is a lot of work that needs to be done going forward. You know what I mean? And we did so pretty well. You are part of history, right? You are on a my, the my, University of Miami, the U, the Miami Hurricanes, were the best team in the ACC in a conference that is built around the Carolinas. You must take immense pride with your teammates in that accomplishment. Even still, like, that was us. That was my team. We did it. Yeah, most definitely. Because, you know, times like that don't come by a lot. You know, as everyone knows, you know, University of Miami is usually known as a, as a football school. But I think, you know, with us kind of enhancing it, and obviously the guys in the previous year, you know, making the runs as well, we just kind of put some more eyes on University of Miami and say, like, yo, we got some guys over here. We are the real deal over here, you know. And we have a great leader, Coach L. We, we kind of invest in this guy. The sky's the limit for us, you know what I mean? And I think we showed that, you know what I mean? Obviously, we fell short. There was a lot of behind-the-scenes things that happened during the NCAA tournament that, you know, may have caused us to kind of fall short. But we're not, you know, oh, we give all the credit to Marquette as well because, we, you know, we're not even making excuses. Wait, 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 what, you want? what, what did I miss? What, what happened behind the scenes? Oh, there's a lot of stuff that people don't know. If anyone didn't know that Julian had the flu and that Shane, Shane was his roommate, Gabe was coming off the flu and gave Shane the flu to have it that Reggie couldn't play, obviously, because of his knee. Another thing, Tanya knocked my tooth out right the day before the game, had to rush had to rush to the dentist. And I want to say something was wrong with Kenny, I can't remember, or was it Trey? But there's another incident with so many obstacles that each player had, each starter had to face. So you got to think about Julian started, Shane started, I started, you know, all of us started that kind of had to face the obstacle, and losing Reggie as well, I think it was kind of made us, uh, put us in a difficult spot. Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, official logistics company of Miami Athletics.
All right, Duran, break it down. You are you're still involved in the world of basketball, and I know we're, we are going to talk about that. So you have sung the praises of Coach L like five or six different times in this podcast. So why was he the right guy for your team? What was his magic touch? What makes him the coach that he is? He's a people's guy. He's a guy you want to want to be around. You want to learn from him. He has a unique and special talent when it comes to individuals and especially players. We had guys on our team with just different personalities that he had to adjust to every single moment. And then he has a other coaching staff he has to adjust to as well. So it's almost like a company he has to run with different feelings, you know what I mean? And he did a great job of basically uplifting his staff and bringing his staff up with him and giving them just as much success as he gained. But as well, he had a special gift of motivating his players and all the way down to the last person on the bench literally tuned into every word or every example, every mission that he gave us, you know what I mean? And that was special. You know, not a lot of coaches can grasp the entire team's attention um, because sometimes there are guys with different agendas, different goals. And he was able to basically erase that agenda and goals and ego board of everybody's board and just put the only thing you should be worried about is winning. And when I see guys that I know that was there at University of Miami who were considered selfish guys, and he was able to kind of change them to become more of a team-oriented guy and made not only the team successful, but them and successful, have them successful uh, individual careers as well. So I think that's one of the most special things I kind of recognized and I learned and took with me, um, which I now incorporate with my business and people I encounter with that I always want to just uplift everyone around me. It's like, can't leave no one around, no, no one behind. You know what I mean? And I really, I really loved it for that. Did you have a special bond, a special New York bond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Coach Ellis, he's actually from New York, from Parkchester area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, for me, as I mentioned earlier, you know, especially as a young age, I was an emotional guy. I played with a lot of emotion. That's just how I played. And, you know, to have a guy who, uh, not a guy, but a coach who understood me from a different perspective, it, it was great. And he benefited me. I benefited from Coach Ellis so many ways. So I can only imagine what he did for my teammates. You know what I mean? Um, so you mentioned some of those personalities. You definitely had some unique personalities on the team. Who who were the ones that you were like, oh, man, giving Coach L some problems, giving them the business today? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a few, you know. But it, it, I ain't throw nobody under the bus. I ain't yeah, do that. well, it was a smile. <laughs> with a smile, in good way. It's like having a kid, you know, that gets out of line. Who was the kid? Everybody knew Kenny was the knucklehead. Everybody knew Kenny. <laughs> But I tell you what, though, once he got on the page, he knew what he needed to do. He knew how talented he was. He knew that without stepping foot on the court, he was our most prolific guy. He had the size. He can step out and shoot. He can put the ball on the floor. He can defend. He has so many tools that we just want to all just help him to kind of recognize and, and notice that he can really take his game to the next level. And, you know, Kenny uh, went on to play. He had a very successful season. I actually played with him one season in Italy. Well, I think that was my third season. Man, he's doing really well overseas, playing, doing, doing well for himself. But, yeah, it was Kenny around those times. But I'm happy he was able to transition himself into a, you know, a really good human being. When you are part of the NCAA tournament for basketball, it's special. Like, it's a tangible, special feeling. Like, just when you leave and get on the bus, you fly on a special, you know, you're on a different plane, you get to the hotel, people are amped up to, to welcome you there. The media sessions are different. You know what I mean? Like, when you're in the final 64, you're part of a special group at a special time and a special event. And when you finally kind of board the plane or get to the hotel or get to the practice venue, like, you really soak in what you've watched on TV your whole life. Most definitely, you realize, like, getting in that moment, it's like, it's like, this is the moment. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this is it. Like, this is where, you know, champions are made. This is where, you know, NBA players are made. This is where 
ledges are made. You know what I mean? This is where the stories are developed. You know what I mean? We really didn't have no time to soak it in because we just know that we got some tough matchups ahead. Some very tough matchups ahead. You know what I mean? Um, as everyone knew. But it was definitely a really great moment because every most of the guys knew that because we got a lot of upper classes. So a lot of guys knew that we were going pro after this. You know what I mean? This is our last rodeo. You know, we have guys like Shane, but, you know, Shane was... <laughs> He's just having a great season. He's like, he's like, yeah, I gotta go out with a bang. I'm out of here. Yeah, I gotta go out with a bang. So, you know, so we're all we all want to, you know, like I said, do well. And I'm very happy with the results we got. I would take away from nothing at all. When you win the first two games, you come back to Miami. It's a wild ride. You know what I mean? You're gone for five days. You come back. You practice. You're going to get back on a plane to go play the round of 16 and the round of eight. At any point, do you just allow yourself to think you're one of 16 teams left in the tournament? And it's like, we win two, we're in the final four. We're one of the last four. We're on the biggest freaking stage. Could you let yourself think about that a little bit? Me personally, I didn't. Uh, I couldn't speak for the team, but for me, I, I didn't. I was so locked in that I just wanted to do well. I just wanted to see results. You know what I mean? I wanted to be there. When I got there, then I could tear and, and do all that. You know what I mean? I, I didn't want to speak too early or, or do anything, you know, too early. But um, I, I was very, you know, just being in that moment, getting to the Sweet 16, and having my family, friends, and all, all that in the stands watching me, you know, it was still a surreal moment for sure. We just, you know, happened to fall short. Yeah, that was an ugly one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we had Reggie, we'd have done well. You guys had a weird, you guys, it was a unique team, like, for, you know, the, for where, you know, the game of basketball is gone. You guys were big. Kenny, Julian, Reggie, even you, Ryan, Trey, like, you're like the anti-modern-day basketball team. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, like I said, you know, I, I just felt like it, for me, Reggie especially, if he was there, it would make such a great difference. You know, Reggie was an X factor for us. And I feel like, you know, if he was able to play that game, it, it would have been great for us, honestly. And because uh, I, I'm not sure the individual name that we played against, but I remember their, their big guy, you know, did a, lot, did a lot of damage for us. You know what I mean? And I think, like, you know, having Reggie would have helped us a lot. You mentioned your friends and family before being at the tournament. We talked about you growing up in New York, Rice High School, all that kind of stuff. Was, was it always basketball? Was basketball always your, your thing? Uh, actually, football was my first sport before basketball. I ended up hurting someone in, a, in, a, in one of my games, and my mom was like, uh, we got to pick a different sport, sir. So that's how I ended up playing basketball, and then I just fell in love with it because all my friends played basketball. I played, played football, and once I kind of felt that transition of becoming, you know, semi-okay or becoming okay in basketball, um, I started to take it a little bit serious, and then I started to notice that, okay, I'm pretty good at it, you know what I mean? And that was around the age of probably around like 12, 13, of which I actually made a transition from, my first position was a center, believe it or not. This area, Miami, South Florida is known for football. We know New York City is known for basketball. So what's it like growing up in a city that loves basketball so much? What's it like to be a basketball player in New York as a kid? That was great. That was a, a, a wonderful experience. You know, that's like the mecca of basketball. You know, growing up in those New York City parks, Rucker Park, Dykeman Park, you know, playing with prolific guys that come to those parks, you know, like Kimba Walker, Kyrie Irving, uh, legends like Rod Strickland, Kenny Anderson, playing alongside like Lamb Stevenson. These, you know, so many legends just come out of New York City that that youth basketball really just, uh, is just an experience in itself. Were you like a monster Knicks fan growing up? Uh, I actually wasn't. My father was. To be honest, I would say I didn't really fall in love with basketball until, I would say, like, my last few years of high school. Before that, I just really played the game of basketball. I never watched the NBA game. Never really nothing like that, you know what I mean, until, like, college. I mean, until, like, high school, sorry. Probably, like, my, actually, like my second year of high school. So you mentioned before the school, you went to Rice High School. 
notorious in a good way in terms of programs in that sport. So where does Rice High School rank? Like explain it for people that aren't from New York, what Rice High School is in terms of a basketball factory. Uh, it's a powerhouse. You know, we go up against schools like Christ the King, uh, St. Raymond's, uh, you know, top schools in the nation. You know, it's a very tough school. We produce a lot of NBA players. So, you know, it's one of the notable schools in New York City. Unfortunately, it's closed down now. But, um, you know, it's one of those schools, when you mention Rice High School, you know, you get nothing but pros and, and professionals. And pros out of that building. So, how many years you play with Kemba? There, I played three years with Kemba because he's one year ahead of me. You said going up against Shane was a pain in the butt. How about going up against Kemba in high school? Oh man, I'm not gonna lie to you. That might have been a different level. <laughs> the only thing was Kemba was a whole totally different level. I think that's one of the hardest people I had to guard because I had to guard him for, for those three years. And um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was just a, it's a great moment. You know what I mean? It's, have a chance to go, you know, play against an NBA star at, at that high school level. You know, why he's transitioning to be one of the best players in the country, you know, becoming an Elite 24 player, McDonald's All-American player. You know, he's just one of my brothers, so I always respect him. And, and he was always one of the best players that brought the best out of me because I had to bring it. I hate to see people score, so I, 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 lo I definitely love that competition. Spoken like the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Are you guys still tight? Yeah, that's my best friend. <laughs> oh, that's your best friend. All right. <laughs> yeah, one of my best friends, I say. <laughs> I got you. Did he have the killer step back uh, back then? I don't know, but he still got it if he don't stop getting injured. So how come you didn't go with him to UConn? Oh, man, don't talk about that. We talk about that uh, over and over. I don't think we're going to talk about that on the U channel. <laughs> ah, but come on. How come you didn't? Why, why'd you come south? You, you're a New York kid. You got recruited by Northeast schools. Why'd you come south? Well, it's a plethora of reasons. Uh, at a young age, I didn't, I didn't really have the much knowledge. Most of my knowledge was coming from, you know, people around me at that time. So, I mean, it was, it was for different reasons. If I knew what I knew now, I, I, it's possibly I would have considered UConn. But then again, you know, experience everything I experienced with the University of Miami, it's then become very difficult to say that because, you know, I, I had so much, you know, great experiences here that I, I wouldn't want to change for the world. Did he want you to go with him, though? Did he try to get you? Of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? So he's, he's a good player and a bad recruiter. <laughs> Nah, he's like me, man. My guy's an introvert. <laughs> I got you. He's got the big smile. He's low-key like you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you get to Miami, Duran. You talked about this before. We talked about the finish, but it didn't start, it didn't start as good, man. You guys were first year. You're in last place. Did you ever have any second thoughts? No, not really. I mean, um, I mean, I, I mean, when I came to the University of Miami, my, I had dreams and aspiration of uh, having a good individual season, uh, you know, win a national championship, ACC championship. Uh, all the above. So I never sold myself short. And, you know, we were just fortunate to have a guy like Coach Elder come in and, and, you know, kind of remind me of something, you know, remind me of what my goals were and things of that nature and what is the bigger picture. So, you know, I was really just enjoying the moment, but I'd always do the bigger goal and I always want to accomplish that. And I was very fortunate to play against, you know, play with guys like Shane, Julian, that Trey, Ryan, that helped me, you know, get closer to my goal because um, obviously we felt sure in the Sweet 16. So I think your second year, you guys fall to the Carolina in the tournament. And I, I think that's the year that, that Hansbro got the bloody elbow. So shoot me straight, Duran. How annoying was it to play against him? Oh, man, very. Because he's very aggressive, you know, a very aggressive guy. But I could tell he's, he's had his tunnel vision. He's very locked in and... You know, I'm, I see myself in him in, in, in a way because he's very focused and he just wants the best for his team and nothing else matters. And that's what people don't understand. He's not, you know, I wouldn't say he's a too much of a 30 guy to each his own. Come on, he was an actor, bro. He was an actor. <laughs> All those trips to the free throw line. Give me a break. Oh, uh, man, I, I, always, I always think positive. I commend the positive. I commend what, um, 
but he does it right. But yeah, he was, was a definitely. I'm trying to get you to dish some dirt, Duran. This is hard because he just announced his retirement. But did you look across when you played Duke at Coach K and it was a signature of respect? Or did he kind of, did Duke and Coach K agitate you a little bit? Nah, it was always respect with Coach K. Um, always, you know, I, every time I see him or spoke to him, it was always respect. Playing against him was always respect. He never gave me any vibes, but he ever disrespect any other college or any other player. He was just a competitor, and a very good competitor at that. Um, he was very, you know, quick at adjustments, and you know, which is why he was always successful in the game of basketball because adjusting is the mo one of the most important things. And he's just, he's you no, know, he's just a one of a kind. He's a special guy. You know, I mean, I want to commend him and um, congratulate him on his on his retirement. You just said before you hated seeing guys score. Who was a matchup you got amped up for when you were when you were at Miami? <laughs> no one. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, I, I'm I'm that type of guy. My matchup was Shane Larkin. I tell you that. That's who I got excited to to guard every night. The same thing goes down when I played in high school. My matchup every night was Kemba. I never ever got excited about playing or defending any other player because it was just one one game. I, that's just how I've always thought a defender. You know, anybody can have a great game at any moment. But if someone can, you know, be prolific against me who sees me every day, which I've seen Shane night in and day out, I respect that much more. So let's do it this way. How about someone in the ACC that was underrated that you want to give props to? Someone you went up against? That maybe isn't a Duke or Carolina guy that you're like, you know what? That dude could ball. Uh, I don't know. Like a Reggie Jackson. <laughs> I figured you might say him. Yeah, I mean, he's doing really well now. He's doing really well now. He had a great playoff run. Yeah, I was really uh, excited for him because, you know, obviously it's from my era, my class. So just to have somebody to keep going and just see him bounce back, I think that was really dope to watch that. I just want to actually pay you some respect, Duran. I want people to know that you are literally like aimlessly walking around this place that you're at just so you can hear me and finish this podcast. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> he was sitting at a table. The music started playing. He had that beef with somebody before telling yeah. him not to talk because he's trying to do this interview. So the dedication <laughs> Duran's given us is, is, is awesome. We're almost done, my friend. You got me. You got me. I'm here. So the NBA obviously is your goal. You guys all want to make it to the league. What was that process like? Like going to Portsmouth, going to camps, trying to make a team. It was dope. You know, it was an experience in itself, you know. Sometimes I've never gotten a chance to, you know. It's my first chance at the pros. You know, just trying to take all the necessary steps and just making sure I'm prepared. Portsmouth, I did well there, which was a dope event. And I was just trying to prepare myself for the next level, which I, I very much thought I was. You know, I took my talents overseas to Spain, which, you know, turned out to I had a great career overseas. So for me, it was just, you know, just a time of just, just trying to enjoy something that people take a, a lot of time to take serious. Do you, have you enjoyed playing in, a, in another culture? Have you enjoyed playing in different countries? Yeah, most definitely. You know, you have your ups and downs. Um, you know, Italy is one of my favorites, most definitely. And is, Israel also holds a special place in my heart. But, you know, it's, it's, it's all about adjustments once again. You know, that's how basketball is. And if you can't adjust to it, you're going to have a rough time enjoying the game. You know what I mean? And I think because I was able to adjust, uh, I was able to enjoy my career and enjoy the adventure and the journey it took me on. Why is Israel a special place? Their people are just so loving. Um, it's just something about them. And it's one of the places that uh, I, I would say that almost feel like you're home. Um, you know, the food, people, you know, language, things of that nature. And then you said adjusting. So what are the adjustments you have to make? You're talking about adjustments professionally or adjustments just living in another country? Yeah, just, just living in another country from language to living to food to shopping, things of that nature. You're still going to play. You still want to play, yes? 
Yeah, of course, most definitely. I got some left in the tank. <laughs> so where are you gonna be playing? Where are you gonna play the next season? Do you know yet? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, you know, especially with a lot going on now with my new brand, International Grind. You know, it's, it's a lot going on here, so it's possible I might play shorter seasons. I, I'm not too sure. I don't have any um, no uh, plans on what I'm gonna be doing going forward. All right. Well, you just mentioned it. So talk to us about international grind. We spoke about it a little bit. We kind of spoke offline earlier today, but what are you involved in? You're in it at a very high level. You've got your own, I guess, your own company, your own business. What is it? Why are you involved? What's it all about? You know, international grind is pretty much, you know, something that kind of started from my second year overseas and just going through all the obstacles that, you know, I had to endure overseas from, you know, not getting paid on time to, you know, living situations to mistreated to overused to just not being very professional, but yet again, we all call pros. So these are just conversations that I used to always have between teammates and things of that nature. So I kind of got fed up of the whispers amongst players and kind of want to be someone to kind of do something about it, kind of raise the professionalism overseas. So during the pandemic, I was very fortunate enough to kind of uh, get that spark and kind of get it going, which I had some interviews, created some dialogue, which eventually turned into an event of open runs. And last year, I was able to catch some buzz with that. This year, now I'm kind of taking it to the, to the next level. You know, a lot of people ask internally what international grind is you know it's pretty much a brand or company that now provides opportunity for not only international players um not only for new york players but for the next generation you know the basketball world can benefit from this you know what i mean um it's a one-stop shop for every athlete to understand what it takes to sustain at the nba level you know we look at lebron as one of the best players in the country he puts two million dollars in his body i make these events very inexpensive for these guys because i know it's for i needed to benefit them you know we have over 350 scouts agents gms and things of that nature viewing and watching these games so we want to create a real opportunity for these guys you know if you look at the nba even the last guy on the bench has tons of opportunity but then there's guys overseas making millions you know what i mean some, some might not be fortunate to be saying larkin you know what i mean but there's some over there making just as much as saying larkin but that has less opportunity why because International basketball is not a big avenue that people want to talk about. And I think that's a problem. And now we even see where a lot of these trainers are becoming popular with these NBA uh, players and things of that nature. Once again, it's just they just put NBA always in the light. But what about the international players? You know, it's, it's only 60 picks in the NBA. It's only 60 picks. Only 30 of them is guaranteed. So if you're not in that 30... What about the other rest? I call those 85 percenters. You understand what I'm coming from? So that's what international grind is. So I got it. So you're, you're trying to focus on the 85 percent, it sounds like, to further their career in international basketball or hopefully have a shot at the NBA. But you're almost like a, you told me about it today. I'm looking at it as like an IMG Academy for basketball, right? Like talent development, training, nutrition, right? Education. I don't know if there's financial literacy involved, but like you're almost coaching them through the whole process. Is that is that an accurate assessment? Yes, I am. I'm coaching them through the whole entire process because I'm a person who experienced the entire process. And this is only in New York? Yes, but uh, keep your eyes open because we are planning to, to, to expand. So how many people participated? Well, last year we had over 150 that participated during the pandemic. This year we've just we started late, obviously, with uh, all the restrictions and things of that nature. But we've we started about two weeks now and we've been pretty successful. Are you involved in helping place these guys or you're just there as almost like a facility where they can come in, get work, get the right treatment, get the right advice, but then they're on their own in terms of where they go and what they do? Well, once they get in the building, yes, they have a one-stop shop of all those you know, things and amenities. But I also, you know, I try to mentor and explain to these guys that to utilize me, let me be that middle piece for these guys, whether, whether it's outside this gym, where they need a gym, uh, to get to a workout outside the gym, where they need to get to a physical therapist outside this gym, or 
whatever the case may be, utilize me because I have those resources. I'm fortunate to have those resources and I would able to, for them guys, for everyone to utilize it. So I just try to, you know, let these guys know um, as much as I possibly can. Are you in this on your own? You, you, who are you in this with? So I started this on my own and I bring in some partners. You know, I bring in one of my best friends, Chris Fouch, who actually played at University of Drexel and went to uh, Rice High School with me and is one of the four best friends of Kimba as well that we mentioned. But yeah, so I bring in my partner as well as another individual that you might not be familiar with, but has done great, fantastic work for us. Um, and we've just been, you know, taking off. Uh, we've done some great work and we just want to continue doing the same work. If you map out your vision for the company, like if you where where you want it to go, I know you've got it off the ground. Where do, where do you see this thing going if you could forecast that now? Like, what do you want to accomplish? I want to see IGWR runs in every major city. IGWR runs LA, IGWR runs uh, New York, IGWR runs Miami, IGWR runs Atlanta. Why? Because I don't want only New York guys to benefit from this. The entire basketball world, the entire basketball community can benefit from this. I think everybody, once they grasp a, a great understanding of what it is, it is not only for international uh, players. It's I crack the code to take care of the next generation and make sure that solely everything is given back to the player. I'm tired of, of, of people outside of the player benefiting from that talent. Uh, he's the talent and that's the talent that deserves everything from it. So I just want to kind of put the ball back into the player's hands and I think I'm heading in the right direction trying to get something like that done. Anything else that you want to share about what you're doing or? It's going to be a little bit secret. We got a lot on the way, I'll see that. We got a lot to come. You know, we are a new company, so we're still trying to, you know, get out the mud and uh, kind of continue to develop. So we don't want to give away too many ideas. Is uh, our plans is actually been trying to be uh, duplicated <laughs> around the world. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they have. Right, we'll keep it under wraps. All right, Mr. Scott, I'm gonna go let you enjoy the night. This was awesome going down a trip down memory lane. It was great hearing that you wanted to do it. And then I started, like I said, I started just going back down the road of your years at Miami. And I said, seeing those pictures, reading the stories and watching the videos. And, you know, I, I lost the net though. So you got to cut me off a little piece. And next time you're in Miami, call me so I can, we can link up. I definitely, I got you. I promise. I promise I got you. All right, buddy. Hey, man, it was it was great seeing your face. It was great talking to you, man. I'm, you, you got great positive energy, and I'm glad you're doing great things. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. It was a pleasure tonight, man.